So is Celebrate Recovery for me? Is there hope for me in my life? One of the greatest evidences and oxygen for hope in our life is hearing proof in a life change story, a testimony that leads us to maybe take those steps ourselves today. And today we're going to interview someone, a life change story. I'm excited to jump in. Well, welcome to the Celebrate Recovery official podcast. We are so glad that you are here. Celebrate Recovery is a ministry based on the Beatitudes of Jesus Christ, where he helps us to face our hurts, habits, and hangups. We acknowledge that your struggle is real, uh, that you matter to God. And guess what? He has the power to help all of us recover, no matter what you're facing in your life. I'm a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggle with drugs and alcohol and perfectionism. My name is Rodney. I'm the global field director with Celebrate Recovery. And uh, thanks so much for jumping in again with us today. What an amazing uh, um, adventure this has already been. We're getting some great feedback from you listening in on our podcast. And uh, hopefully you're sharing this and and giving us a, a high rating so that we can get the word out even more. But um, thanks again for joining us. Uh, I'm excited about today's conversation because we're going to hear a life change story. Sometimes we can talk about the what's and how's and all that in recovery. And and it's good to just stop and talk about the, the proof in the life change story. So I have a friend here that's agreed to jump on and share part of her story. So Jill, why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, family, I am a grateful believer in Jesus Christ. I struggled um, for a long time with sexual addiction, but still, but now have recovery over that five years of sobriety, currently struggling with codependency and low self-worth. Again, my name is Jill. Hey, Jill. Glad you're here. Thanks for jumping on. And uh, I love testimonies. We talk about that a lot around here. Life change stories are really what kind of give us oxygen, especially for someone that might be listening that's in a tough spot. And maybe there's parts of, even if we can't relate specifically to uh, life change stories, um, just knowing the common denominators hurt and ways that we cope with our hurt uh, apart from Christ. And so, Jill, um, just want to jump in and um, I really just kind of want to paint a picture of where were you before coming to Celebrate Recovery? Yeah, for me, I uh, did not grow up in a family that modeled relationships well. Mm. And um, it was either we were running away from each other or running together with physical affection. Um, and so I really didn't know how to how to have a healthy, a healthy relationship, especially love relationship. And so when I came to celebrate recovery, I was actually in, in the middle of ending my third marriage. Mm. I came here... Um, overlapping in another relationship with, you know, chasing a guy to celebrate recovery. This is where he was every Friday night. And so mm. I came here to support him and then to leapfrog into spending the weekend with him. And so mm. my dysfunction kind of just brought me through the doors of celebrate recovery in an, in, in a kind of an indirect way. Yeah. I, I love that, that even though my intentions were not pure coming in, God still used it. He didn't waste that. Yeah. So I wonder if you could paint a picture of just you're coming, you know, you're just going because there's a guy coming and you're kind of along for the ride. And then somewhere along the line, something shifted in you that maybe I need to maybe look inside my heart. Uh, what, 
Tell us about that pivotal point in your recovery journey where you decided maybe it's time to, to begin the recovery process. For me, yeah, I was here just in the room feeling like everyone was staring at me. Mm. Um, it was one of those things where I was just expecting everyone to be judgmental and look at me and why was she here? Why was he with her? All mm. of that introspective, like I couldn't see outside of my own pain really. Yeah. Um, but one night, a couple of weeks after I was here, I heard a life change story from the stage and it was someone who was sharing their story about childhood sexual trauma. And in the story, it went on to indicate, you know, I learned that I had issues with codependency. And so that piqued my curiosity, you know, sitting there and hearing her story kind of flooded me with shame and guilt of my mm. past. And it just really welled up my childhood in me. And so I decided to go to the codependency group mm. and going to that group the first couple of weeks was, was tough because I was angry at God didn't have a relationship with him. I was angry at him for my childhood and for not protecting me. And I also didn't trust anyone. And so I just kind of sat there with a chip on my shoulder, but I knew sitting in that space that I needed to be there. And I kept coming back, just hearing what everyone was sharing. Um, I felt like God spoke to me in every person's share. It wasn't just this one person that I connected with, but every person's share. And so there was so much value in the open share group that mm. just kept me coming back. I love that. So yeah, that what a great picture of, I'm not sure why I'm feeling what I'm feeling. I'm not even sure I trust you people, but I'm just going to keep coming back and just trust the process. And and that that's good encouragement for those that might still be on the fence. I just keep coming back. And just trust the process as, as we lift our eyes up. But so you keep coming back, you're, you're sharing, you're interacting with, with other folks. And at what point did it become, how did you know when it was safe to start kind of going into those places of kind of those scary parts of our heart, as I like to say? You know, I really wanted to go the get quick, get fixed quick method. So um, about week five, I decided I was going to start, I was going to join a step study. So I bought all the books, I bought the Bible, the devotional, I was just going to do it all over the weekend and everything was going to be fine. And I learned quickly that that is not the intention of a step study. Um, so no I drive through recovery. No, no, it's not. It's not a quick method. It took me 43 years to get here. And, you know, so anyway, I decided that, you know, I started in my step study and that's really when I started digging in. Um, I did kind of go in with the with the understanding and or the expectation, I should say, that it was just going to I was going to be healed. Like mm. life was going to be better and perfect when I left there. Yeah. Um, but that work out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did realize pretty quickly that, oh, wow, I have some ownership for what's happened in my life. Like, mm. yes, a lot of hard, terrible things happened to me as a child and and even, you know, um, being in adulterous relationships as an adult, but I own, I had to own some of my part too. Mm. And, um, so that's when I really started digging in because I thought, okay, I'm the only person I can depend on and trust. So I need to figure out how to really rely on myself. So I wasn't there yet to let yeah. God do the leading, Yeah, but that's kind of where it came from. Yeah. Yeah. So coming to that realization, that's so good for our listeners to take that in. That's a key part to, the recovery journey, taking responsibility, owning it, acknowledging it so that we can begin to go to work. You mentioned some hard things in your past, um, abuse there in your background and, 
as much as you feel comfortable. Um, tell us a little bit about your story, your backstory. Sure. Yeah. I grew up in a pretty broken home. Um, my parents got divorced when I was 10, but before that they were just back and forth, you know, running together, running apart mm. and, um, a lot of physical you know, affection on display with my parents when they were making up and a lot of yelling and tension when they were not. And mm. so I came to believe that, you know, I, you had to be physically affectionate in order to be loved. Mm. When I, my parents did divorce when I was 10 and I went to live with my mom, um, you know, she, I think had probably had that same understanding in her life because she was very much affectionate with several men. Yeah. And would leave us in unsafe places with these men. And so, um, you know, sexual trauma and abuse just became part of my life. And it mm. gave me this false belief that I had to have someone's affection and physical attention in order to be loved. Yeah, it makes sense. And that's so good. It's not that we justify behavior, but understanding behavior. It makes sense that this is the model you were given as a kid. And now in facing pain as you were growing up and now into an adult, this becomes your coping strategy because it's what's been modeled to you. Maybe this is the only way that you can keep everything together in your life. Am I saying that right? Absolutely. And for me, I felt like I had to always have that person beside me. I didn't know how to not be in a relationship and I didn't really find value if I wasn't in a relationship. I didn't know what to do with myself. I didn't know how to behave, how to act, how to respond. And that led into other um, unhealthy coping mechanisms for me, like overperforming and overworking to try to make up for the space that I was giving my partner, mm. you know, and trying to become very codependent out of guilt because I wasn't spending enough time with my children. Um, I was always chasing after my partner. And so my children would be, you know, emotionally, emotionally neglected for sure sometimes even physically ne neglected um, because I was always trying to just, you know, s keep this one partner's attention on me so that I could feel lovable and good about myself. Yeah. So I can imagine that causes a lot of uh, chaos and havoc in your life. And just, you're giving me a better picture of what you walked in here with. So, so you're in open share group, you're in a step study group, not even sure if it's even, am I even trusting God right now? I'm just kind of going through the motions and then somewhere in the midst of your step study group, God begins to kind of get your attention. Can you tell me about that? What, what, what's going on there? Sure. Yeah. Well, I was at the first lesson of book two in my step study and um, God was just knocking, you know, like, hey, mm. you're not doing this by yourself. You can't accomplish this step study and get the end result you're looking for if you don't let me walk with you. And so um, I was still just trying to get through it and get it done and accomplish and check off the box, you know, yeah. and God just revealed to me that, hey, you've been doing this alone your whole life. Why don't you try me for once? Like, wow. give, give me a shot, you know, and I remember that Friday night I found a woman um, in, in the hallway going to our open share groups and asked her, I asked her, I said, hey, I, I don't know how to surrender to the Lord. I know how to grab a blue chip, mm. but I don't know how to really give, make him Lord of my life and what I don't know mean? what to do. And, and so she prayed with me and, um, you know, my life has not been the same since. Yeah. Wow. It had to be scary, you know, knowing you need something, but not knowing how to do it. What a great picture. Uh, that's scary to 
be in that world of feeling like you have to control and manage your life on your own terms. That sounds very familiar with my story and many others. But then coming to that realization, kind of to the end of ourself that says, I can't do this on my own. I need help. And so just even grabbing a lady in the hallway and saying, help, I don't know what surrender is. I know how to pick up a blue chip. How do I do this? Uh, what a great picture of allowing other people into your life. And so so she kind of begins that journey, kind of come alongside you. It's just a great reminder of people come alongside us, these healthy, healthy women in your life. And then what's God doing in that process? What's that look like as you're walking through that process? You know, I didn't know the the depth of how badly or desperately that I needed God. Um, but I did have a couple of months of relationship with him. And, and like you said, having someone further down the road mm. who walked alongside me, um, you know, she mentored me in every step of the way. And I still, you know, reach out to her from time to time. And we, I was, a, she was able to give me, um, a means or a process to help me create a healthy rhythm to stay in communication with the Lord, to deepen and widen my my belief and my, my faith on him, my dependency on him. And it was, the timing was, was just godly because, um, it was just a few couple of months later, my dad passed away. Oh, wow. Yeah. So now we just throw something else really, really heavy on top of that. And you're in the middle of your own recovery journey and now some additional hurt, right? And that's kind of the way our world works, right? How, how did the process, you're working on you and now you lose your dad, you love your dad. How, how did you begin to use those tools to help with that process with losing your dad? Well, I needed my women that I've learned, I had learned that I could trust and open share and in my step study. And so being, um, you know, my step study sisters, they walked alongside me and, and loved on me, but they didn't minimize my pain and they mm. didn't try to fix anything. And that was really eye-opening for me because I expected all the advice and I expected all of the, even though I'd been in this group for, for weeks and weeks now, I still, you know, wasn't sure. And so, but watching them love me and I felt filled up, even though they weren't trying to fix me was kind of a new concept for me. And that really opened my eyes, but also learning that it was okay for me to reach out when I needed it. Um, that was pretty special and, and it was welcomed. And so I'm grateful for the women who walked alongside me. Mm, yeah. We need those people around us, don't we? Yeah. Uh, we're talking to Jill and she's given us a, a little bit of her life change story. Uh, we're going to take a quick break here. And when we come back, we'll hear a little bit more of the process and then maybe, maybe talk about uh, what this has looked like having walked through the recovery journey. So we'll be right back and we'll continue the conversation with Jill. Are you and your church looking for practical tools to help you start and run a Celebrate Recovery in your church? Consider joining us for a Celebrate Recovery training conference online or in person. Visit our website at CelebrateRecovery.com for dates and times. And don't forget to connect with your Celebrate Recovery State representative. They are here to serve you as you walk through this process. Find a rep near you by visiting CelebrateRecovery.com forward slash reps. 
Welcome back. We've been talking to Jill and just kind of hearing the the fruit of Celebrate Recovery. It's just a ministry that helps us face our hurts, habits, and hangups, and even broken relationships. And so, uh, so grateful for Jill to be along uh, on this conversation and uh, telling, uh, being vulnerable about her life change story. And so, so Jill, yeah, we're just talking about uh, just the impact of having others in our life. And so you've got the people around you. You're turning the corner on surrendering to Christ. You're inviting God and others into the recovery journey, which is so important. And now you're kind of getting into that inventory process, and and then we're sharing it with somebody. Oh, my gosh, terrifying. And then um, working on that forgiveness and amends. What's that process look like for you? Uh, what, what did God teach you through that? Well, God taught me that, you know, even though things that happened in my life were not my fault, I had people to forgive and I still had some things to forgive in my, I had to forgive myself for some things. And that was probably the hardest part, forgiving myself, Mm. um, you know, for, for being a neglectful mom, for not choosing the right partners for so many things, not, not telling anyone when I was a child, when I was being abused, there were just a lot of things that I had to forgive myself for. And Mm. I think that was the first step for me to really find some, some freedom to continue moving forward with forgiving other people. And, um, in my first step study and working through my first inventory, my, my focus was not my intended focus. I thought I would go in here, figure out why I wasn't lovable Mm. And uh, that was my that was my expectation of my step study. But God had different plans, and God, my inventory was really about my mother, mm. um, how to forgive my mom, all the things that I'd gone through, all the resentments and bitterness and sadness, and just all the feelings that you know that events that she you know either didn't protect me from or she put me in situations. Just being able to walk through that process and forgive her, um, and it it wasn't easy. Yeah. It really wasn't easy walking to my mom and saying, hey, I need to, let's have coffee, you know, mm. um, because she and I aren't very, we don't see each other often. Even right. now, we live close um, within 30 miles of each other, but we don't have a real close relationship anymore. And so, not that we ever did, but so just reaching out to her and asking her, you know, hey, can I sit down and talk to you about some things that happened when I was a child? And so we we sat wow. for several hours and and. I just told her, I said, mom, I forgive you. And she Mm. was angry. She didn't accept that. She didn't say she was sorry. Yeah. And that was hard. Yeah. But you know, I again had these people walking alongside me that said, you know what? It's okay. Yeah. Because you're, you're saying that you're forgiving her for your healing Mm. and for your recovery, not for hers. And so um, that was pretty powerful for me to have someone say that to me because in the moment I felt like this isn't going to work. This recovery, this inventory, this whole—it's not up gonna on work. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Wow, that takes a lot of courage to do that. Uh, but what a big step for you! So forgiveness was a pretty big key to your recovery. Yeah, and the really beautiful thing is that God showed up in that because several weeks later, I was worshiping from the front row at Celebrate Recovery, um, and you know, on a Friday night and. I, my mom walked down the aisle and stood right next to me. Wow. And that after service, she hugged me and she said, I'm really sorry for all the things that you shared with me. I really am sorry. And so, you know, there was just a lot of healing in that. Wow. 
And you didn't know she was coming. Didn't know she was coming and, <laughs> and didn't, I had, I had not invited her. I didn't even know that she knew where I would be. You wow. know, we aren't close. We don't yeah. talk. And so it was just that, a God, a God, a God moment. God, wow. Big God moment. Yeah. So lots of healing there. We're still in process, but where, where are you now? How is God using, as we say often in Celebrate Recovery, God never wastes a hurt and you have a lot of hurt in your past. How's God using your past hurts, not wasting the hurts in Jill's life? You know, I, I came here chasing a man and we ended up getting married a few years later after a lot of recovery, a lot of counseling, but mm. you know, we don't have it all figured out. Yeah. We're still working it together and, and we're still working our own individual recoveries. Um, but what God, how God is using it the most impactfully, I think is I have a lot of baggage and a lot of hurt and a lot of healing that I get to share and walk along other side, along other side people with, you know, um, I can connect and empathize with people who are going through hard stuff. And I think God has just given me a heart to, to walk alongside and to just support and love people well without trying to fix them. Yeah. Um, and to just stay on this journey. Yeah. You know, I have to be in step study. I have to attend open share. Yeah. I need the accountability. Yeah. And how's God using you in, in service, that principle eight, you know, through our words and our actions, right? Sharing that hope. But how's God using you in that way? You know, principle eight is what this is all about. When we yeah. get, once we get to principle eight, you know, we, we are firm believers in this process. And so for me, I've been sharing my testimony, um, life change story. I've been sharing that throughout our community. Um, and I've had so many connections with that. And I know that every time I share it, I just feel lighter and I feel mm. there's just more healing, you yeah. know? Um, also I serve on, I serve throughout our ministry in a lot of different roles. I lead open share groups. I, um, serve the meal. I spend my time, you know, loving on other people and listen, being a good listener and just trying to hone my skills into also, you know, my recovery journey for codependency, I think, is going to be never ending. <laughs> yeah. But um, it helps to grow me by sharing and spending time with other women who are struggling, yeah. you know. Um, yeah. Nobody can give, understand and give more hope as a human than someone that has walked in your shoes. And you get to look other women in the eye and say, I've been there. I may not be able to relate exactly with what you're going through, but I've been there. What a gift uh, to be able to do that. I'm glad that you are not wasting that hurt. God's not wasting that hurt. Jill, what what would you say to someone, maybe they're listening, maybe somebody shared this podcast and say, hey, you should check this out. What would you say to that person that may be in that, that place of just doubt and hurt and wondering, can God do anything? Am I in a hopeless place? Is there hope for me? What would you say to that person? I think... You know, the hope that I hold on to because I'm not fully recovered. I'm gonna, there are a lot of broken people and, and things that are going to happen in my life that, yeah. you know, I'm not fully recovered. But the hope that I hold on to is that Jesus sees me from the other side of the cross. Yeah, He died for me and he sees me for good mm. and he's always going to be here alongside me. Um, and I know, I know that he has a plan to repurpose my past and to use it for his glory. And 
So I just keep holding on to the fact that, you know, I'm not alone in this and whatever is going to happen in my life, it's not going to be perfect. Yeah. I'm not going to walk it out perfectly every time. Yeah. I'm going to accidentally drop people and they're going to drop me and we're going to get our hearts broken from time to time. But with God in the center, we know and we have the tools to be able to pull back together and just say, hey, God, help us. Yeah. He's always there to help us. Yeah. And in this journey of Celebrate Recovery, it's not that we just have to run to God directly. You know, we have a family. We have people who are further down the road than we are. And it, it's just the, the knowing that I'm not alone ever. Even when I feel like God might be a little distant, I'm not alone. I have people here who can help me get replugged in. Yeah. 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 What a, what a great encouragement. Um, if you're listening and you're feeling hopeless, um, just knowing that, that you're not alone, that there are people waiting for you. Jesus is waiting for you. He's, he's willing, able and caring, but he's not going to make you do anything, but his hands are wide open. I just, as we were talking, um, here as leaders, you know, earlier that the greater the sin, the tighter the hug, right? The father just imagining that come to me and I will give you rest. And just imagining him embracing us and holding us in that space. Um, he's just waiting for you to come home. And and so I'm so grateful uh, for you, Jill. Thanks for taking some time to give us just a snapshot. We know there's lots more there, but thanks for being willing to um, let us into that space. That's a vulnerable space. And, and I know that everyone listening, you're bringing some encouragement to appreciate you. Thanks for letting me share. Yeah. God bless you. Well, I just want to remind you, if you're listening, you're never alone and you too can find freedom and healing from your hurts, your hangups and your habits. And maybe you're looking for a group. Maybe you want to jump into this healing journey uh, with millions of other people that have gone before you. Just go to CelebrateRecovery.com forward slash groups and you too can find a group near you and find that first meeting and show up and uh, experience the life change that Jill has expressed. Thanks for joining us today. Until next time, God bless you.